Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Back to the 80s. I'm your host, Dale Blaze, and my stunning partner, Blaze Channing. Welcome to the Hazen Blaze soft music hour here at Back to the 80s. On your Sunday drive, it's a crisp 68 degrees, and it's relatively cloudy. Uh, Blaze, uh, that was uh, from the great band Air Supply. I'm all out of love. Uh, Blaze, how are you doing this morning? Uh, How's your love life? How's your world spinning? Well, hi, Dale. Today is just a fabulous day, especially because, you know, even though it's gray outside, in our hearts... It's nothing but blue skies. Now, Blaze, we're coming up on Mother's Day, so all those beautiful moms out there, uh, happy, happy mm. Mother's Day. Uh, we have a, Hi, mommy. a ton of requests uh, of, of songs going out to their mom. Uh, I, I promised our listeners I would get to a few of them. Both uh, you and I yes. are very busy in the studio because we're sitting in for the beautiful Toscana and Chang. Uh, we want to wish them a happy Mother's Day because they're a couple of mothers. Oh. And... Uh, I was wondering, uh, just the other day, I was uh, out watering my gardenas, and uh, I got an email. And uh, this beautiful email came Mm. from Corinne. And Corinne asked if we could possibly play Tie Your Mother Down by the great band Queen at some some time today. Uh, Blaze, what is the number Mm. one thing that you miss about a decade in your life, a special time, a time where your memories... We're like opening Christmas presents. Oh, Dale, now that you mention it, every time I I remember and I recall the 80s, to me, the 80s was nothing but 10 years worth of open love letters. And even the bad times were actually fun. And I got to learn so much from them. And you know, back then, we could read love letters all the time. And especially if you're hearing I'm all out of love and and just countless other songs, especially by George Michaels. But anyway, I just want to let you know that the 80s for me was an open love letter to the world. Yes, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, Blaze, we're going to go ahead and cut away uh, to a commercial, and we're going to play a little song. So soon? Yeah, and this next song is from Johnny Mathet, and it's going out to Rhoda and Karen. They were just married. Uh-huh. You're listening to the Blaze and Hayes show right here at that to the 80s. Blaze, why don't you take us on a trip to where you want to go? Oh, thank you, Dale. That reminds me of the good old days, especially one in particular in the month of September 1985, when everything was going just the way I've ever dreamed. And then I realized one day that, hey, we are all the same. Does that make sense to you? Makes no sense to me. Blaze, that makes perfect sense to me. Everybody, uh, put on your safety belts and your love goggles. You are listening to the Blaze and Hay Show right here. Click, click. Back to the 80s. Remember, we love you. Happy Mom's Day. Mm. Bye, Mommy. (laughs) 
tuned in to Back to the 80s Radio. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang. We are the show that introduces the 80s to a whole new generation. We're reminiscing on the memories that made that generation the absolute most awesome generation of all. We're here every single Friday. We'd like to remind you to head on over to our Facebook page where you can drop us a note. Let us know what kind of topics from the 80s you would like to hear. I want you to be a part of our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash back to the 80s as we get ready to kick off the official 80s radio station K hits 92.5 online and around the world coming July 4th so don't forget put that on your calendars right into our Facebook page and send us your requests of all the songs that you want to hear on the greatest 80s station alive today all that we're going to ask you is that you subscribe, of course, to our show. Leave us a comment on whatever platform you do listen to us on because it helps us out. Now, are you guys ready? Because with me today, as he is every single Friday, is a man that has been caught by airport police carrying three pounds of Fun Pops and 10 grams of Pop Rocks. He has been seen lurking in Robert Smith's changing room with a life-size poster of him and the cure. We here at Back to the 80s call him the Chang. So, Chang, I know that you're not in the studio right now. Where are you at exactly? Are you? Because it sounds like you're calling me from a 1982 payphone. Well, actually, you know, I'm out here hunting for Sasquatch, and I was very fortunate to find a payphone in the middle of this area that I'm at. I'm not going to give you the name of the location because I don't want to bring too many tourists to the town because they do not like tourists out here too much. Is that payphone still a dime or is it a quarter? Uh, actually, no, it cost me $175 in <laughs> quarters. So quite, it's quite busy. It's quite, uh, quite, and as a matter of fact, I've got a line of uh, maybe six people behind me. Really? And they're starting to chant, yes, kill me in some type of a Swahili <laughs> <laughs> accent of some kind. So I better uh, I better hurry up and free up the phone. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to throw in another $275 in quarters. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and start the show, and I'll throw my chain well, in. And enjoy all it. I can tell you is I'm glad you didn't call Collect. Toscano, it is great to be here. It's great to be alive. You know where I'm coming to you from a, an an unfamiliar place here in the forest of the Sierra, where I reside. As you know, I've been out trying to find Sasquatch. I've had no luck. <laughs> we have an amazing show for you guys today as we dive into action and drama shows of the 80s. On the show later today is Scott Ryan, who is the managing editor of the Blue Rose magazine and the author of The Real Story of Moonlighting the pioneering television series broadcast by ABC in the 1980s. So stick around because Toscano and Chang, back to the 80s radio, are going to be right back. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Welcome, 80s fans. I have been expecting you. You no longer need to listen to any other podcast. You want the 80s, don't you? The longing for it is swelling in you now. Feel the memories coming to you and listen. 
to back to the 80s. Give in to nostalgia. With each passing moment, you make yourself more of an 80s fan. It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. You don't know the power of Back to the 80s. You, like your childhood, are now mine. <laughs> this is a trick. Listen to the decade of decadence right here. Back, back to the 80s. You are back with Toscano and Chang right here at Back to the 80s. As you heard my good buddy right there, my partner in crime, talk about today. We are going to talk about great action shows of the 1980s. Uh, the first show that he brought out is going to be uh, with our guest, Moonlighting. Uh, now, Toscano, did you ever watch Moonlighting? Well, look, I watched a few episodes, but I couldn't get into it because I wanted action. I've always been an action kind of guy, a, a stupid comedy kind of guy. And uh, I, I, it didn't really turn me on, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know, you know exactly I, I, what you mean. Yeah, I, I was, I was into some other stuff. However, I had a lot of family members and a lot of friends who were totally, totally into it, especially their parents, who were really into moonlighting. In a little bit, we're going to talk to Scott Ryan and his book, The Real Story of Moonlighting. Stay tuned if you just joined us. But we are talking about the 1980s, and we're talking about TV shows now. Chang the Awesome, awesome 80s were all about doing things big, right? Big action, big drama, and of course, big laughs, fancy cars, luxurious homes, extreme wealth, good-looking people. Now, good-looking people were the hallmark of all 80s TV shows. You, you remember. TV back in the 80s for these thriller shows, uh, action-packed, everybody was sexy. Uh, I mean, you had shows like Dynasty. You had shows like Dallas, uh, Moonlighting. Uh, Miami Vice. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, come on, Tom Selleck, one of the sexiest men alive in the 80s. Magnum P.I. We had Dan Tanner. Everybody was sexy. Yep. You had St. Elsewhere. You had uh, Hill Street Blues. One of my favorites. And then, of course, you mentioned Miami Vice was one of my favorites. And you had The A-Team and MacGyver. My favorite show back in the 80s. It's got to be. Hold on. Let me ask that. Let me ask okay. that. Hey, Chang, what was your favorite show back in the 80s? That would be Hill Street Blues, hands down. I'm a big, oh, big, humongous, chanctastic lover of cop thriller shows. Uh, as the decades went on, I could I could name a whole grip of police shows that I enjoyed watching. Uh, and this goes back into my love of these shows back in the 70s. You, you know what I would have called you in the 80s? But, I would have uh, called you Uncle Chang or Grandpa Chang for watching stuff that yeah. not even my grandpa would watch. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You're lucky you're 2,000 miles away from me. Or I will hunt you down with my Sasquatch Bowie knife. So so Hill, Hill Street Blues was your favorite. Yes, it was. I, I love that show. That yeah. and MASH. So what is it that attracted you to that show? Uh, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you like the way I Wait that a I, second. I, like this. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, I had like an ear bleed all of a sudden. Did you just say I, I will mash? I it again to our beautiful listeners. Mash, 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 mash. You see, I snuck that in, in on you like an old lady sneaking through the lane with her basket, just trying to get around and get some syrup. Okay, excuse me. I can buy some syrup. Mash. You seem to me. You seem to me that you'd also like shows like Cagney and Lacey. Oh, you better slow then. your roll right now. Cagney and Lacey to me was probably one of the most boring shows that uh, I think was ever on television. And and to this day, I don't know which one of them was Cagney or Lacey, and I could give a damn. Cagney and Lacey was a show that came on from eighty one to eighty eight. Lasted a long time, and it was a police. It was a police show, and starred Time Daly or Tin Daly and. Sharon Gless, and they were New York City police detectives. They both had different types of characters and personas, and they did, led different lives. But that's about it. So the series was set out in a fictionalized version of Manhattan's 14th Precinct. And yeah, whenever that show came on, I would turn it to a different channel. However, when MASH would come out, I would literally go to the bathroom and vomit. Then I'd come out and change the channel. That is just... That hurts me. That really does. Uh, now, MASH was a, a, one of my favorite shows, but it was kind of uh, pushed upon me because my parents, that was my parents' favorite show. My dad did serve right. three tours in the Korean War, so he really liked that show. And I used to like the dry humor. I was a big fan of, a fan of Frank Burns, Hot Lips Houlihan. I always wanted to get my hands on her. I mean, Radar was a great character. I mean, I, the list of characters I could just keep going. Now, you didn't watch the show, but there was a character called Klinger, and that was Jamie. Uh, I forgot his name, as a matter of fact, because he's such a jerk. I don't care if I remember his name. Yeah, I put that out there. But I got to meet him uh, when I was working construction. He had owned a restaurant that we were working on, and he was nothing but rude to all of us. So, uh, I, yeah, I really have. I enjoyed the character. But I did not care for him as a human being. Jamie oh, so you're Farr talking about name. Maxwell Klinger. Yes. Maxwell Klinger. I remember the guy. He looked like, I wonder if he was Italian. Um, I always thought he was an anteater with the size of that guy's nose. That's what I thought. No, you know what? I, fig I figured out he was a Lebanese. His name was Jamie Farr. Right. That's right, Jamie Farr. And he was a Lebanese. He was a Lebanese American. Right. So he was, he was from... You know, he's Le Lebanese. Oh, interesting. I have nothing against the Lebanese people, but I will say that he was a jackass. Now, nice. the other show, the reason I liked Hill Street Blues so much, because it was oh, so... We're back on that, are we? so real and realistic and believable. And the cases right. uh, that they discussed were actual real cases, but of course the character names were changed, and so was the plot of the story, as they would always give you that in the disclaimer notes during the show where somebody would say it or they would show it on uh, on, uh, on the screen. So that was one of my favorite shows. So Hill Street Blues came out between 81 and 87. So it once again, that lasted a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll but... always remember the catchphrase. I, I'm sure you don't know because I'm sure you hated the show. I pretty much did. All the good shows, it seems like you hated, but that's another <laughs> story. I think you're... You're a distant cousin from Dick Hater. You're a rich hater. Next, you're going to tell me that your second favorite show or your third favorite show was Alf. Well, I'm going to have to tell you again. Oh. Alf was an okay show. 
Ah. I I did buy that puppet at McDonald's, the one with the guitar, and I used to stick sure. that on my four by four shifter to my Toyota, oh, nineteen eighty three nice. Toyota four by that sat on thirty one inch tires. Thank you very much. Well, But Elf, wow, poor poor Toyota engine, you barely oh, handle those tires. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? They're built to last. <laughs> 300,000 miles before I got rid of it, brother. 300,000 miles. Toyota, do the jump today. So you liked Alf? I didn't mind Alf. It had some dry humor in there. Some of the things were funny. Uh, the dad always looked like Les Nessman of WKRP to me. And that was another great show, WKRP. Of Cincinnati, uh, right. So, but uh, that that was it was kind of a quirky show, you know what I mean? Something like a, a adult Muppet It was like an adult Muppet. Yeah, That's sort of. In the 80s. Now, I'm, I'm going to mention a show right now. I know you know by heart. It's a show that came out between 1982 and 1987. And it was about an extremely wealthy Stratton family. Okay, that was the name of the family. And the dad, I guess, I don't know what his career was in the show, the character of the father. But... The show kind of reminded me of Richie Rich because they were multimillionaires and they had uh, a bunch of toys in their in their uh, living room. And the show was called Silver Spoons. Oh, yes, I remember hating that show immensely. Yes, go on, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, another show. Now, mm -hmm. I, let me tell you what my favorite show. It was Partial 70s. And then it went on all the way until 1984. It Ooh. started in 77. What is it? Now, this following show, you and I agree, we love this following show. I love it for many reasons. The entire cast was phenomenal. The entire cast had what it takes for comedy. And uh, there were beautiful people on the show. And I'm talking about none other than Three's Company. I have to take a cold shower every time you bring up those two. Yes, and we know we're bringing up Janet. Oh, God, Janet. Jo Joyce DeWitt just... I, I, I couldn't understand half the things she was saying because the blood would leave my head and go <laughs> directly to so, my Levi South? region. Yeah. But, uh, okay, we're talking about that uh, great show, Three's Company. I'm gonna put yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you over the coals. Who was your favorite landlord? Mr. Hurley or was it the Ropers? I wanna say it's the Ropers. Particularly Mr. Roper I liked because he was very creepy. Now see Mr. Furley wasn't creepy. Uh he could be, but he wasn't the creep, the willfully creepy eyes that, that Mr. Roper had. But he was hilarious. The guy had incredible I mean, they all had incredible comedic timing which is one of the things that I really, really enjoyed. And I was a real young kid at the time. So that show took me, plus whether it be Janet and Chrissy and then Terry later on, mm -hmm. it didn't, you know, it didn't matter to me. And then Jack Tripper, of course, was just phenomenal. One of my favorite characters ever. Uh, and talking about Jack Tripper, the, the late, great uh, John Ritter, uh, that guy had such comedic, acting skills, uh, almost like a Dick Van Dyke, very vaudeville-ish, physical comedy. Uh, I, I used to love that guy on uh, so all the shows that he did, even up until he passed away, the one show that he was doing with Katie Seagal as his, uh, as his wife. Now, 
My favorite character, landlord, is, I agree with you, the Ropers. They remind me of your typical married couple and me being with the Mrs. Chang for 31 years. Reminiscent of uh, me and Mrs. Chang now that we're older. But Don Knotts. Don Knotts kind of reminded me of that kind of crazy uncle that could be gay or couldn't be gay. You never really knew. His squirrely voice, the way he would get nervous and run around and accuse Jack of stuff. I mean, each show uh, with both of those landlords was always something was going to be hilarious. I, I was not a big fan when Chrissy left. I really didn't like the other gal that, that uh, sat in for her. Right, But I believe there was two other blonde girls, right, that came yeah. in. There was Terry and then there was another one. Supposedly they were cousins of Chrissy. And they came to visit and stuff like that. But yeah. they, they didn't really last long. So the ones that really lasted were Suzanne Summers and the girl who no. played Terry. Her name is Priscilla Barnes. She's the one that yeah. played no. Terry on uh, Three's Company between 1981 and 84. So she was there for quite some time. Now, I thought Terry was more attractive in the face than Suzanne Summers and the other gal that, that came in. The other gal had that curly hair, but she had a big giant mouth, almost like a puppet of some kind. She kind of looked like Jaws with a wig on. But I got to go with Joyce DeWitt. I loved Joyce DeWitt. I mean, Mrs. Chang resembled Joyce DeWitt. Joyce DeWitt, to me, set up the type of girl that the Chang would go after, uh, all and all and all. Yeah, <laughs> jumping over from Three's Company, uh, how about a show that was on from 1987 to 1991, and it was a police show, and it was a, a crime drama series, and um, it only had a total of 103 episodes, but it focused on a squad of young undercover police officers investigating crimes in high schools, colleges, and other teenage venues, and the show was called 21 Jump Street. Yes, with a dynamic, everybody's most sexy actor, Johnny Depp. Uh, Johnny Depp became a phenomenal actor after that show. And and remember, they had Richard Grieco, the yes. guy that had kind of like chocula eyes with an Elvis Presley kind of <laughs> uh, aura about him. Yeah, also had Holly Robinson, Peter DeLuise, Dustin oh. Nguyen, and a, a, a host of others. But now that's one show that I... I can tell you, I never watched. I may have watched five minutes of one episode, but that's yeah. about it. I watched that show because I had a crush on Holly Robinson. She was yeah. just smoking hot. She married uh, uh, Rodney Pete, former quarterback of the USC Trojans, played in, in professional football for a few years. Now, DeLuise, that was Dom DeLuise's son. Every time I saw him on the show, I was like, Shut up, I'd rather hear your dad. Get off the screen, I'd rather see your dad. But uh, I did watch that show a little bit because some of, uh, some of the episodes were captivating. They were very intriguing. But uh, all in all, it kind of just seemed like a pretty boy kind of uh, soap opera type show. So it was, it was a hit and a miss. Yeah, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, most television in the 80s, it was nothing but pretty people. I mean, you... Yeah, there was some average-looking people, but they were never the they were never the, the the stars of the show usually. And unless unless we we move over and we talk about the show called The A Team, which ran from 1983 to 1987, and that was one of my favorite shows of all time. All these different characters, starting from the Colonel 
to Mr. T, then you had Murdoch and Face, and they all had their different personas. You know, they all contributed something, and and it had a lot of comedy too. Do you remember that? Now my now my buddy Ruben had a van like that that we used to go uh, to the theater in. I mean the theater, but the drive-in. So oh, I thought you were talking about Man Boy. No, no, not that guy. This is this is back in the eighties. This is real guys from the eighties. And my oh, sister okay. used to call us the A team, but uh, uh-huh. she had uh, A was an abbreviation pretty much for the asses. Uh, we were right. we were we were kind of like the four stooges of heavy metal, but uh, he had a black band like that, and we used to go everywhere. This is the one and only back to the eighties radio. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang, reminding you to stick around if you just joined us because coming up next is the managing editor of the Blue Rose magazine, also the director of Voyage to Twin Peaks and the host of the Red Room podcast. He's also the author of The Real Story of Moonlighting. And to talk about it will be Scott Ryan himself. So stick around because Back to the 80s Radio is going to be right back. Now, if it's totally tubular, rad, or awesome, it's on Back to the 80s. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is Back to the 80s. Welcome to Back to the 80s Radio, and as promised, we have a very special, special guest today. However, I want to tell you guys that this is a take two for for everybody who's listening, because although you may not know what happened when we tried to do this interview the very first time, about 10 minutes into the interview, there was a half citywide blackout, blackout where I live here in Southern California. So we have to basically restart the interview today. Even my backup went down as my microphone, even my microphone needs a little bit of electricity to power up. But today we have Scott Ryan, who is the managing editor of the Blue Rose magazine, the author of 30 Something at 30, an oral history and the last days of Letterman. Now, interestingly enough, he also wrote about his bad luck. And I'm not sure if this interview is going to be one of those stories in in a future book, but in 20 comic short stories called Scott Luck Stories. He is also the director of A Voyage to Twin Peaks and the host of the Red Room Podcast. Whew. How do you find the time, Scott? Well, I know. I'm just glad you still got power here by the time you got through my intro. Holy moly. No, I, I know. Um, well, those credits started in 2014, so that's what I've done over the last seven years. So it's not like I did all that in the last week or something. So well, I've, I've had a lot of time. Well, I appreciate you taking the time one more day and just willing to come back on, on Back to the 80s. So let's cut to the chase. I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with TV shows of the 80s, but you actually wrote a book about a show that was a comedy drama TV series. It aired from 85 to 89, somewhere around there, with Sybil Shepard, Bruce Willis, Alice Beasley, and others. But it's the never-before-told inside story behind the making of the TV series called Moonlighting and uh, the legendary behind-the-scenes battles among the stars, producers, and the network. So, Scott, getting right into it, tell us, prior to Moonlighting, because I know that I mentioned a couple of of your writings, you have a great title, and I, I really want to know more about that. Scott Luck stories. Well, you know, it's funny because when we were doing this 
interview yesterday, you were saying, well, I'd like to understand Scotland's story. And you just understood it. That's what happened. So see, there's good luck, and there's bad luck, and then there's Scott luck, which means a series of events that happen at the same time for maximum comic effect. That's really Scott luck. It's not, you know, bad luck is too simple of a thing, because if I just had bad luck, then everybody would understand it. But, but true Scott luck is people doubt it at first. But then, you know, you have a blackout in the middle of the interview and even the, and the, even the backup goes. So it's just stories of when I worked at Arby's when I was a teenager, when I was a stay-at-home dad of twins, when I got into corporate America much older than most people do, about 10 years beyond. And having corporate America try to mold me into who they wanted me to be, but I was old enough that, you know, I didn't care and all my bosses were younger than me. So those are kind of the stories that I tell. They all have a comic twist in them and they are all basically true. They're, they may be exaggerated a little bit for comic relief, but, but they're all true. Uh, I noticed my books really do come from the 80s, 30 something Letterman and Moonlighting. Are, are all children of the 80s. So um, I feel right at home here. I'm, I'm back to the 80s. Those that have never seen the Moonlighting Show, just so you can give us a little bit of background, because of whatever it is, their age, or maybe they just never got around to it, or maybe even never heard it. How can you describe it so, so it would attract someone today? Well, Moonlighting was a detective show that was not a detective show. And, you know, back in the 80s, Glenn Gordon Karen says this. He was the creator of Moonlighting. He said he was looking at television, and they had all these detectives that were held up to, like, the position of now what would be doctor shows or lawyer shows, where they were moral and they were upstanding. And he thought, is that really what detectives would be? Are they really the moral center of... Uh, of our universe, it's unlikely. So he created David Addison and that of course cast Bruce Willis. And everyone knows who Bruce Willis is, of course, because he went on to do Die Hard and Pulp Fiction and, and all of those things. But at the time, Bruce Willis was an unknown and he was basically a wisecracking detective who knew he was a TV detective. So mm. he talked to the home audience you know, which was very new at that time. People were not doing that in the 80s. And then he was cast alongside Sybil Shepherd, who was a model turned detective. And already you kind of get the idea that this is going to be a silly show. And it was very funny, but you cared so much about Dave and Natty that you wanted them to get together. Moonlighting had a little bit of everything. So originally, what made you feel like writing the book and going behind the scenes specifically? Yeah, the only way it works is you get the buy-in of the executive producer. And I have been very fortunate with my three books that I made a good case to the executive producer. With 30-something, that was Marshall Hurstowitz. With Letterman, that was Barbara Gaines. And with Moonlighting, that was playing Gordon Karen, where I just basically wrote a pitch to them by connecting with them over social media and just saying, I love your show. I'm curious about it. And being specific, 
you know, with Glenn, what I pitched to him, Moonlighting, you know, sure, no one remembers it because it was on 30 years ago. But if you Google the Moonlighting curse, you will find that Friends was worried about that with Ross and Rachel. Castle was worried about that. And Bones getting them together. Everyone's afraid to get the couple together because they say on Moonlighting when Dave and Maddie got together, it ruined the show. And so I said to Glenn, I really want to find out what was going on behind the scenes with this decision to get them together. Why did the show that literally, I'm not exaggerating this, I really mean this literally, 50% of American televisions were tuned in to the episode where Dave and Maddie finally have sex. And in two years, the show was canceled because of low rating. You know, it was the biggest thing in the world in 87, and in 89, no one cared. Right now, in the age that we live in, there is a habit that Hollywood has in doing remakes. Some are okay ideas, some are good ideas, and some are just horrendous ideas. What do you think <laughs> of a, of the thought of a remake, and who would you see playing both roles? That's a really interesting question. I think that, I, you know, it's so hard for me because I'm a fan of the show. In many ways, I don't know that you could honestly remake Moonlighting because the reason it was what it was is because it broke the rules. And you have to remember in the 80s, Ronald Reagan was president yep. and the country was tight. I mean, everything was, was um, oppressed. Sure. And I, now with cable and all of those things, I don't know how you would really have to come up with something that would shock people in some ways. You know what I mean? Like I said, my dad was angry that he talked to the camera. Well, you know, in <laughs> Sex in the City, Sarah Jessica Parker talked to the camera for a while. And, and it happens all the time now. Boston Legal did it as well. So I think that would be hard. But if you were going to do it, I think you would you would have to find an unknown. I think that was the thing about moonlighting. You, you you'd want it not to be someone we know. Now, do you recall if by any chance, and this is as a little side note, do you recall if by any chance this came out around the same time that Remington Steel? And I don't know if you're familiar with Remington Steel with Pierce. Yeah, Rosen. Remington Steel. Yeah. yeah, of course, Remington Steel came out in '83, and Glenn Gordon Karen was a writer on that show for not that long because he, he, it was probably like 10 episodes but it was and that's where he came up with the Moonlighting pilot and mm -hmm. ABC then hired him from Remington so Remington was sort of more and there was also Heart to Heart which was another couple detective show but those people always solved the mysteries on Moonlighting yes they had the mysteries but sometimes David Addison would Called them during commercial. I mean, there's a very famous one where he comes in and he accuses the person of and explains how he did it. And Maddie looks at him and says, how did you figure that out? And he said, during the commercial. Wow. And, um, you know, because they just didn't have the time to, to explain everything. So they didn't care about the case. And I remember I watched the show when I was 15 and it bothered my father. 
my dad would get so angry when they didn't, you know, take the murder serious or whatever. Sure. But as a kid, it was, you know, so much like the Looney Tunes or something. And I just loved that. I loved every time they broke the rules of television. And, you know, it kind of shaped me as a Gen Xer. Like, let's break every rule that there is. Sure. And I'm still breaking rules today. I, I got to ask you this because uh, it's probably a question that everybody who interviews any author will always ask. Who's your favorite author? Well, I'm, I'm going to answer it in two ways. Um, my favorite author of, of fiction is John Irving. Um, I love A Prayer for Owen Meany, Cider House Rule, Widow for One Year. Those books are books that I read over and over again. But I, I, I have to answer Stephen Sondheim. He is uh, a Broadway composer for those who maybe don't recognize the name. He did Sweeney Todd and company. And I always say that, that's where I go. That's my Bible. All of my books have a Sondheim quote that relates to the book. Uh -huh, for okay. Moonlighting, because I learned so many... <laughs> I don't want to totally say unpleasant, but it was, it was a tumultuous time behind the scenes. The quote I have for that book is, isn't it nice to know a lot and a little bit not? Mm. And that's from Into the Woods. And that, that quote was just coming through my head as, as I'm learning all these things. So, so I have two answers there, John Irving and Stephen Sondheim. We're talking about the behind the scenes of the 80s TV show Moonlighting. I gotta ask. There's, there's gotta be a song from the '80s that uh, when you when you hear it somewhere, either on the radio or just somewhere, it kind of takes you back to maybe an experience or something. Can you pinpoint maybe a song that does that for you? Well, I would say Billy Joel matters quite a bit to me. The first album that I spent my hard-earned money mowing grass for was Billy Joel's Greatest Hits the double album that came out in 85. Oh, great and so album. I'm going to guess um, Second Wind would be my answer. You're only human. I remember like wanting to tape that off Casey Kasem's uh, countdown and, you know, you're, you're waiting for it. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with uh, You're Only Human by Billy Joel. If you could, if you had one moment just to go back in the 80s and do something, whatever it is that you could whether it be to, you know, get more inspiration for, for Moonlighting or whatever it is, or maybe watch an episode or something. Let's just say this coming weekend, you get a chance to go back. What would you do? Well, I'll tell you, you're, that's a great question. Of course I would. And I'm going to go with my first answer because my first thing I thought, I am really upset that I never saw Madonna in concert. And so I feel like to see Madonna in the 80s, that's a, that's a pretty 80s thing to do. Sure, absolutely. And I've never seen, I didn't see Madonna ever. And I don't even know why. It seems like something I should have done. So I feel like to see Madonna in about like 87, 88, when she was huge, I feel like that's what I want to do. I want to go to a Madonna concert. You know what? I never thought about going to any any concert. I just thought about going back and 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 probably just hanging out with uh, with my friends once again. Now you're also uh, hosting a podcast called the Red Room Podcast. Talk to us a little bit about 
what the Red Room Podcast is about. The Red Room Podcast is about television. Uh, it's named after the Red Room in Twin Peaks, which sort of changed television. We've been doing, I do it with my brother-in-law, Josh Minton. We've been doing it for like 11 or 12 years, if you can imagine. Oh, wow. Uh, we have 190 episodes. We just cover anything about TV, and that's led to a lot of the books that I've done because I've gotten good interviews with people. Um, and, you know, it's a lot about Twin Peaks here and there. Do countdowns sometimes of the best characters or best episodes. and They can find your podcast, the Red Room Podcast, pretty much on every platform, I'm assuming. Yeah, and it's been out there forever. I mean, I have I gone back and listened to our beginning shows? I, You know, I always think about very early on, we did a podcast called Is, ne- Is Netflix Ruining Television? Uh... And I bet you that podcast is so outdated. Um, I would never really want to listen to it. But, you know, the idea being is streaming rooming network TV. And in, and in the end, it, it basically kills network TV and improves it. But we did it very early on. So I have no idea how much the early episodes uh, stand up. Well, the, you should definitely go back they, and, and check them out. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Scott, where can people find some information, not only on your podcast, but information on your writings, your books, and specifically related to the Moonlighting episodes. The easiest way to get everything is scottryanproductions.com. That sort of is my home base that has, you know, the podcast, my book. My books come out through a company that I run with David Bushman called Fayetteville Mafia Press. And that if you Google Fayetteville Mafia Press, it'll take you there. Or the easiest way is scottryanproductions.com. That's easy to spell. Well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking your time twice to be on Back to the 80s. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who are interested, we're going to be right back. So stick around. There's more of Descano and Chang with Back to the 80s Radio. I love it. I can't wait to hear. Ever wish you could go back to the 80s with the crazy clothes and those wacky hairdos? Well, let Toscano and Chang transport you back in time, back to the 80s. Welcome back to Back to the 80s, Chang of Toscano and Chang. We're chatting it up about some of our favorite TV shows. But before we dig deep into our likes and dislikes of TV shows, I want to give a couple of shout outs out there. I want to give a shout out to all our armed forces out there. I want to give a shout out to all our first-time responders, you know who you are. I also want to give a shout-out to everybody out there that's going through tough times. If you're suffering with depression or bipolar, call somebody. They can help. I also want to give a very fantastic shout-out to a good friend of mine who is celebrating an anniversary. Lisa Lyons and her beautiful husband, Mr. Lyons. Happy 32nd anniversary. Remember, all of us from St. Happy anniversary, Love you, dear. You know, I want to give a... A few shout outs, but I want to kick it off. Everybody here in the U.S. that's listening to us all over from the state of the beautiful state of California to the state of New York, Oregon. I mean, Massachusetts. uh, I mean, every single state in the union and a big, big shout out to everybody around the world. And just to mention a few countries, because I know that we're we are in great standing in a few countries. One of those countries is Indonesia and Argentina. 
So everybody who's listening to us in those countries, a big, big thank you for for putting us where we are in your country. Also, uh, a big shout out to you if you're listening to us from Belize, even from Aruba, the beautiful Aruba, even from Macedonia, St. Lucia, South Korea, you know, from uh, from Central America, South America, and Europe. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend your day with Back to the 80s Radio. All right, if you just joined us, we're talking about 80s TV shows, action TV shows, and drama, and even some comedic TV shows in there. And I know, Chang, that you are just dying to tell me some more shows that I didn't like. Yes, I bet. No, I'm going to go on a limb. Right, Not really. Please. I'm just going to say it. You were probably a hater of Cheers, Ugh. one of my most favorite Ugh. television shows. Ugh. See, I just knew it. I, I mean, that it. show that went on from I 1982 to 1993, absolutely. Yeah. What? How could you hate that show? Woody Harrelson, the coach. Yeah, they were all old Sam. for, you know, it was all older people. Keep in mind, to me, I, I have one of those tastes in TV shows, as with everything else in my life, that I needed it to be not boring. And by not boring, I meant, you know, something with action, stupid comedy, and that's about it. So you were probably a big fan of that ridiculous show with that great legendary actor, Tom Hanks, Bosom Buddies. I hated now, that show. Bosom I'm Buddies. I'm glad it only lasted a season or Bosom two. Buddies from 1980 to 1982. It was a sitcom who starred, of course, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari that ran and on ABC. And it was about two single men working in advertising and they had to live in this certain uh, apartment community that they could only afford if they had dressed like women because I believe it was an all women community right the beautiful Donna Dixon who was married to Dan Aykroyd that tall blonde that you could just get lost in her looks almost like getting lost if you were a child getting lost at a mall, that's what it. That's how lost I got looking at Donna Dixon. She was voluptuous, tall. I wanted to <laughs> climb her like a beanstalk, but I hated the show, bro. I love Tom Hanks. Don't get me wrong. Scolari yep, turned yep. out to be a fine actor himself, but that show, it just, okay, it just didn't okay. do it for now me. Now I'm going to mention this following show, which also began in 77, ended okay. in 83. So I do consider it, Somewhat of an mm, 80s show because it, it did last at least four years in the 80s. Okay. 80, 81, 82, 83, right? And this show okay. is a program that you always compare me to one of the actors. It was about police motorcycle duo, and the show oh, was called. Yes. yes. And who could forget? Ponch and John. The. Who could forget the ever ever so hideous John <laughs> to the golden Mexican, I mean, not Mexican, Latino god Eric Estrada. Oh, the, the hideous John. So, he, he, <laughs> come on. If you were a girl or if you were uh, gay and you had Eric Estrada and whatever his name was standing there with no shirt, you're going to salivate all uh, over Eric Estrada. You're not going to look at the ugly guy and go, oh, I want that guy. He's got man boobs. No. You're going to go with the Latino god, Mr. Eric Estrada. And yes, your hair, your complexion, that beautiful smile. 
some of the shorts that I've seen in the pictures that yes. you sent me, you are Poncherello. You put the punch in Rello, in Rello my brother. <laughs> you know, the 80s was a decade when they used to admire Latino men, by the way. They used to say, women mm-hmm. used to say, tall, dark, and handsome. Remember that? Yes. And now, uh, me being Latino, the only thing I ever heard was, shut up, get on the floor, where's your ID? Is this your real last name? You have any warrants? And unfortunately, the government today has made Latinos short, dark, and poor. Anyway, 1984 to 1992, this following show was probably, I dare to say, the most wholesome family show of them all. I may be wrong, but it was one of them, okay? And it, it it went on for eight seasons. And it focused on a family called the Huxtables. The show was none other than the Cosby Show. Yes, who could forget that show? That show was groundbreaking on so many different levels. It portrayed uh, uh, the black community as upstanding, which they should be. But uh, they had this bitter, dark cloud over them for years. And I thought that show broke barriers. I thought it set standards. Uh, I was a huge fan of Bill Cosby as a stand-up comedian, probably the greatest, cleanest, family-oriented comics to date. It's a shame about his uh, his real-life scandals and his perversions. That's that's quite a shock. I, I can't imagine. Every time I would see that news story of Bill Cosby doing such heinous crimes, I would think of Dr. Huxtable, and I would be like, wow. You have Felicia Rashad as your wife, gorgeous woman. What are you doing giving roofies to young girls? Yeah, that's crazy. You know? That That uh, is crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I still can't believe I, it. I, I used to wonder, do you think he was putting it in jello, jello, putting it in to drug his women? I don't know. But uh, I did like that show. They had some great actors. I mean, the kids were on there. They all turned out to be very successful. Uh, Lisa Bonet, Drop Dead Gorgeous, married Lenny Kravitz, and now she's married to uh, Aquaman. If you didn't really? know that. Yes, yeah, she's she's uh, married to Aquaman. She was gorgeous. But that was a great show. I thought it was funny. I thought it dealt with uh, real problems. He dealt with it comedically and professionally. I, I have to give that show two thumbs up, even though our haters I like that they always had a, a, a very – well, to me it was they, – they, they were funny. They, they had some real funny episodes. And obviously the one who put the funny in, in the show was Bill Cosby himself. But I, I liked it because there was always a, a clean message. There was always a message that taught you something. I mean, you actually learned from that program. And there were heartbreaks. There were tragedies sometimes. And I mean, a lot of real life scenarios. So I think that's what really hit home in many of the hearts of, of, of everybody that, that watched it. I agree with you. It was a far jump from the Partridge family and uh, the Brady Bunch. It was a wholesome, clean, uh, parents never get upset. Uh, everything's uh, goes down with a song. Uh, they live with you know the, the no. Brady Bunch. I watched it as a kid, but uh, I just couldn't believe some of the crap that they try to pull yeah, off on that show. Sometimes I thought, I wish my parents talked to me the way that they would talk to their kids. But I grew up in a Mexican household, so there's a lot of swear words. And we didn't have no Alice. It was Alicia. Alicia, vente para Some of the other TV shows that made it really, really big in the 80s, 
were shows like Night Court, Perfect Strangers, Quantum Leap. There is a show that I know you and I don't like. At least I, I believe that you don't like. I don't like it probably even more than MASH. Are you ready for this? Roseanne. Yeah, I'm ready. Roseanne that Bring started in 1988. Oh. Now, you know what, Roseanne? Uh, we do agree. Some of the uh, some of the episodes in Roseanne uh, I thought were very good because it dealt with uh, real problems. I kind of didn't like Roseanne's kind of comedy. I didn't really like the way that she yeah, had that exactly. nasally yeah. whiny, yeah. bitchy, uh, pissed-off wife attitude. Uh yeah, you know, it was it was yeah. it was an odd show, but that is a show that it had some good points. Everybody in the cast was hideous. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I was wrong. Not every <laughs> not all TV shows in the eighties had uh, pretty people, and that was uh, Roseanne was living proof. Yeah. Of that. Now the show you, but I cannot believe that it ended up coming back later on in recent years, and then with Roseanne yeah. opening her bigot mouth. Uh, got herself in trouble and tossed off the show, but we don't need to cover that. All we know, need to know is, yes, she has always been a loudmouth fool. But another show that you brought up, Quantum Leap, I thoroughly enjoyed that show. That show, uh, it had Scott Bakula. Uh, are you familiar with that I show? Am. Where I love time that show, travel? yes. Uh, and uh, the little character that was in charge of yeah. the time travel was Ziggy. Uh, they had a comedian, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Dennis Wolfberg. He was uh, the scientist with the kind of Larry of the Three Stooges hair with the yep. big eyes and the big mustache. Uh, I, he was one of my favorite comedians. But that was a show with Dean Stockwell that I really used to like. As a matter of fact, me and Mrs. Chang used to watch Quantum Leap every and night. And some other shows of the 80s, of course. Show. The Wonder Years that started 88 all the way to 93. A fantastic show. Another fantastic How about this show. one from 1983 to 1987, which was a long air date, a long you know span for this show, and it was Webster. Remember Webster? Oh, how could you forget that repulsive, <laughs> ridiculous show that was kind of like wow. different strokes, but you just had a different little short okay. cat kid. All right. No, I, I couldn't do the Webster. Uh, Webster was he? He reminded me of like a koala bear. I wanted to hug him, and, then and wasn't he like 35 years old when he made the program? There, anyway. I said it. Yeah. I think it From nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety two there was of course Who's the Boss? With Tony Danza as the retired major league baseball player who relocated to Fairfield, Connecticut to work as a living housekeeper for a divorced advertising executive. Played by, of course, Judith Light. And it also also featured the young Gorgeous. and talented Alyssa Milano. Oh, who grew to be one of the sexiest women in the industry and down to earth at that. Now, Tony Danson came from a show that I just loved to death, Taxi. I know you hated it, Rich Hader, but I always thought that was a very funny show. Every character on that show made me laugh, from Bobby Wheeler to Latka to Louie, uh, Alex. Uh, you had... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hello, Alex. And then you had uh, Jim Ignatowski, yeah, who later yeah. was famous for, you know, come on, riding around yeah. in that DeLorean, Back to the Future. Yep. The Doc, yep. You know, and, I, and 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 he was one of my favorite characters in that show, you know. He did too many drugs. Well, he was hilarious he in it. And he, on that. I always saw him just sitting around. I think he got a phone call. This is the one and only Back to the 80s. Uh, who's on the other line? 
Hello, I'm looking for Alex Rieger. Oh, my name is Jim Ignatowski. I'm a cabbie uh, here in New York City, the city of um, oh, some type of a fruit. Um, now, is this Jim from hmm. from the TV show Taxi? Oh, I may be loaded, but I do remember stating this is Jim Ignatowski from Taxi. I was looking for Alex Rieger. <laughs> well, you, and who Jim, might you've you just be? reached back to the 80s. Are you sure you were looking in the right uh, book? You were looking in the white pages or yellow pages? Well, the pages were white with a powder. I don't remember what it was, so I just dialed whatever I could. And, now, you, uh, you sound familiar. I was calling. Billiard. Mm. You sound familiar. You sound uh, like somebody who's been back in time from uh, 1985 all the way to 1955. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I made a car, a spa, flying object out of a DeLorean, and um, everybody knows you sprinkle a little <laughs> blow with a DeLorean. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> you can fly wherever yeah, you Yeah, I don't think go. that's how it works. It's sprinkling a little bit of blow. I was wondering if I could get tickets to air supply and possibly a pack of zigzags. I'm on well, uh, house Jim, arrest. we do have a, a a set of four tickets to see air supply at the Los Angeles Forum, December seventeenth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, are you interested in going? Oh, I want to take my friend Alex and Tony, and I want to take Bobby with me, and I want to take. Uh, maybe Latka. He's a good friend of mine, and he just moved in to the area. Um, and yeah, okay. Uh, hello? <laughs> you called me. This is All Jim. All right, Jim. Well, thanks for calling me. back to the 80s radio. Uh, I hope uh, you find what you're looking for. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. If you just joined us, the time in the show where we talk about what made us angry back in the 80s. And in honor of the most wondrous and most infamous Chang, we have dubbed them Changries. So Chang, take it away. What made you Changry back in the 80s? Well, Toscano, you know what made me Changry back in the 80s as we're talking about some of our past uh, thrilling TV shows? Those two broads that came in after you know what makes me Changry? Summers and Three's Company. Having heard the What's word that? broads since the 80s. <laughs> you know what got me Changry back in the 80s? Uh, talking about some of our shows uh tom Selleck. oh tom Selleck's mustache. mustache yes i agree you know it what got like me changry back in the 80s watching tom Selleck in magnum pi what's that those short shorts oh. that he used to wear with button down tucked in shirt that he used yes. to wear with those moccasins and no socks Oh, yes. You know what else got me changry back in the 80s about Tom Selleck? That ridiculous New York Yankee cap. You know what got me changry about back in the 80s TV shows? Two shows. What's that? Hill Street Blues and MASH. You know what got me changry back in the 80s talking about television? Dallas was not long enough. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been this week's changry. If you have something that made you angry back in the 80s, or as we like to call changry, Go ahead and send us a message to our Facebook page, and we'll be more than glad to read them on our next Changri session the following week. So, Chang, we've reached the end of another show. Yep, it's time to say our goodbyes, and I want to wish you guys a great week. 
Join us again next Friday to tune into more madness with Toscano and Chang. So on behalf of us here, just be safe, do what you're supposed to do, and don't forget that Back to the 80s Radio is here for you. That's right, everybody. Before I release you to another Chang-tastic weekend, this is a Chang. Stand up for something bigger than you. Call a friend, call a loved one, tell them you love them. Always remember to keep a smile on your face. If you're not feeling good, go ahead and tap that button and listen to Toscano and Chang. It'll put a smile on your face. Be good people out there. Take care of each other's back. We are all we got. We are one race, the human race. Stay lifted and gifted, everybody. Adios. Arrivederci. Hasta mañana. Hasta la vista. Sayonara. And to all my homies in the old barrio, orale. Orale.